Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. Email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com, and to get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com, or just go to Amazon. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day's just getting started, or it's just winding down, or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. And I am glad. I'm grateful I have no desire to drink today. Our big book tells us it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. End quote. I went to a meeting yesterday and I was sitting there and the meeting hadn't started yet. And I started thinking about the sounds that are in AA meetings that to me have become, become always been so comforting. You know that sound? There's a sound to so many meetings that I've gone to. There's like a... It's very hard to explain. There's people talking and has a certain feel. I remember when I was new, I went to marathon meetings for the holidays, which are coming up in my community again. I remember sitting there and looking at the floor and listening to this sound. Hearing voices, people I didn't know, peppered with voices of people I knew, feeling all kinds of doubt, Feeling so much uncertainty, so much fear about whether or not I'd be able to remain sober, continue going to Alcoholics Anonymous. There'd be some laughter. 
Oh, no. I find it to be a magical sound. And I remember when I started to travel in my life and go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings in different cities. Um, I started to notice that wherever I was, there was the same feeling and the same sound. People who knew each other were, you know, yammering on and on sometimes. Inside jokes, you know, inside, you know, banter, you know. And this feeling that that I was okay, that I was welcome there, that everything was going to be okay. I remember sitting there thinking about, you know, you hear people talk about things they're going through or struggling with, or you hear things like that a little bit. And... I would, I would sit there and just contemplate like the things people have gone through and the things people have moved through successfully in sobriety brought me so much comfort thinking about that. People have gone through real stuff. Heavier stuff than I had ever gone through in some cases. I remember there's a guy who I saw for a while around town and then one day I saw him and he looked really different and he had some tragic thing happened where he inhaled several chemicals at the same time that you're not allowed to inhale at the same time and it ruined him he was going to die and he knew it and you could tell and he was the happiest person in the room and the look on his face I'll never forget it. And then there was the man who taught me to show up for people when I was new. Last time I saw him, I think I've talked about it on here. He had 40 years of sobriety and he had an inoperable brain tumor. And he was the most content person in the room. And I just watched him. I listened to him talk. And I thought, oh no, I mean, I have a lot of stories like that. The man, Mike, who really showed me what's in the big book, gave me the understanding I have today. I mean, he, he died of inoperable lung cancer and I've never seen anybody at so much, with so much peace. But I remember I would just sit there. I remember I would go to meetings out of town. I went to one in New York one time, and I just couldn't believe it. The feeling was the same. The feeling was there. The feeling was there again. It's like those sounds, those pre-meeting sounds, and that feeling was there. It's just... Man, how could I be 3,000 miles away from where I got sober and, and, and 
be in my own living room again. Makes me emotional thinking about it. Went to a meeting in Las Vegas for the first time when I was a couple years sober. I was really struggling at that time. Clinging to that sound. Just grasping for comfort in those sounds. I've sat at AA meetings really, really scared and really feeling lost. And those sounds have brought me a lot of joy and peace. I've sat in meetings and and been scared and uncomfortable and really concerned and been too in my head to notice those sounds. I've gone to meetings feeling so incredible and just having those sounds wash over me when I walk in. And just cover me with such gratitude. There's a period of time where some friends and I would just kind of throw a dart at a map and we'd go to a meeting there. One time we did that, we drove up the coast in California to this town we had never gone to a meeting in. And I remember we walked in and boom, a feeling was there and those sounds were there and You know, every meeting hall I have noticed is filled with people who kind of, you know, rightly so, kind of start to think that AA is just their meeting hall. AA is just where they are. Alcoholics Anonymous is just their own community. And that's how everybody does it all over the world. However, however we do it in our community, like... That's how it's being done everywhere. But if you're blessed enough to be able to go to meetings all over the place in your life, ever, you quickly see that Alcoholics Anonymous is so huge. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that you can, right now, whatever city you're in, you could go somewhere, most likely, travel a little bit to a meeting you've never been to. It's fun. It's time for me to do that again. It's been a while. I just love Alcoholics Anonymous. My friend Dave talks about how people who don't like Alcoholics Anonymous really don't have a problem with Alcoholics Anonymous like they might feel like they do. They really have a problem with people in Alcoholics Anonymous not practicing Alcoholics Anonymous. 
because Alcoholics Anonymous itself is the epitome of love and compassion in empowering you to follow your own heart, to follow your own conscience, to not follow anyone else, to be true to that own self, to do what you feel you should do. If you read the chapter Working With Others, what I just said right now is what it says over and over again in terms of how you should talk to people who are new. And I just I just love that wherever I've gone in my life, the hand of AA has been there. Some weird meetings, some really sideways feeling meetings that are just feel way off. Meetings that feel like hugs. Meetings that feel intimidating. But my experience is that Alcoholics Anonymous is filled with people who are trying and doing their best and the traditions say that if you call yourself a member of Alcoholics Anonymous you are no matter what I really can't think of anything more loving intolerant and empathetic is that I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's but I'm done I'm going I'm going to give a shout out to the unicorn I'm going to give a shout out to Chelsea Canadians. Give a shout out to Katie, to Richard, and to Dave. And if anybody needs to hear it, everything is okay. I have a big male modeling shoot today, so I gotta go. Agents outside. I see him down there, standing by the van, pointing to the watch. He's motioning, like he's waving his hand around his face, like, have I put on my foundation? Have I, like, am I prepared? Is my face beautiful enough for the shoot? Because it's for Sephora. And I think the tagline is, men can be beautiful women, too. Something like that. I don't know. Stupid. Dude. <sighs> you love it. Just admit it. You love it. You love this part of the show. All right. I'm out of here. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go. Try live life that was worth saving, and I hope you'll do the same. <laughs>